Loving Father in heaven, we will always thank you for how you have given us the opportunity to be among the living even now as we go through our own short probationary time on this earth. We pray that our life shall be a glory and a praise to your name. We want to honor you. We want to be instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. We present ourselves to you, Lord. Please come and abide with us. You said that we cannot do anything except you abide in us. And we are here now. Please consecrate us to your service. Through your spirit, Lord, abide in us. Through your word, abide in us. We pray that as we go through our devotion, that you will speak to us words of blessing, words of hope that will strengthen us for our day's journey. Fill us, O Lord, for we hunger and test after righteousness. Put your words in my mouth. May your children be blessed by what they hear. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 14 No Answer from God the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 6 The Lord never turned away a soul that came to him in sincerity and humility. Why did he turn Saul away unanswered? The king had by his own act forfeited the benefits of all the methods of inquiring of God. He had rejected the counsel of Samuel the prophet. He had exiled David, the chosen of God. He had slain the priests of the Lord. He had seen the way the spirit of grace, and could he be answered by dreams and revelations from the Lord? Saul did not turn to God with humility and repentance. It was not pardon for sin and reconciliation with God that he sought, but deliverance from his foes. By his own stubbornness and rebellion, he had cut himself off from God. There could be no return but by the way of penitence and contrition. But the proud monarch, in his anguish and despair, determined to seek help from another source. It was told the king that a woman who had a familiar spirit was living in concealment at Endor. Disguising himself, Saul went forth by night with but two attendants to seek the retreat of the sorceress. What bondage so terrible as that of him who is given over to the control of the worst of tyrants, himself. Trust in God and obedience to his will were the only conditions upon which Saul could be king of Israel. Had he complied with these conditions throughout his reign, his kingdom would have been secure. God would have been his guide, the omnipotent his shield. God had borne long with Saul, and although his rebellion and obstinacy had well nigh silenced the divine voice in the soul, there was still opportunity for repentance. But when in his peril he turned from God to obtain light from a confederate of Satan, he had caught the last tie that bound him to his maker. By consulting that spirit of darkness, 
Saul had destroyed himself. Oppressed by the horror of despair, it would be impossible for him to inspire his army with courage. Separated from the source of strength, he could not lead the minds of Israel to look to God as their helper. Thus, the prediction of evil would work its own accomplishment. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is No Answer from God. There was a time when King Saul went to slay David, but while he was there, he got news. He had almost surrounded David. He got news that the Philistines had attacked Israel and he had to leave. Twice again, he came to the cave where David was, but the Lord protected David. David, seeing that this matter was becoming too sore for him to bear, went to the land of the Philistines to dwell there. And when Saul heard that David was in the land of the Philistines, he didn't look for David anymore. Now in 1 Samuel 28 verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle thou and thy men. And David said to Achish, Surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore will I make the keeper of mine head forever. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him, and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together, and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they pitched in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that had a familiar spirit, that I may go to her, and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that had a familiar spirit at Endor. Hmm. Do you understand what went wrong? What went on just now? Saul, in rebellion to the Lord, decided to go to the woman at Endor. He saw that the Lord did not answer him, and he knew just why the Lord didn't answer him. Instead of doing what he needed to do, he rebelled against God and said he was going to seek from the woman of Endor. In other words, Saul was saying, if you will not answer me, I have somewhere else I can go. And he knew very well why the Lord wasn't answering him. Instead of complying with the conditions, he rebelliously went to the woman of Endor. All this while, Saul was not rejected by God. The door of repentance was still open for him. Saul was once upon a time a person who had the Spirit of God upon him. Do you remember when we started talking about Saul? How that he went upon the mountain and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him graciously even though he didn't request for it. The Lord saw that he needed it and granted him of his Spirit and Saul prophesied. God graciously put upon him another spirit to enable and equip him for the sacred work which was committed to him. God gave him the assistance of one of the best prophets in Samuel. God also intentionally put it in the heart of Israel to follow after him and to love him. 
he gave him victory after victory in many battles. In short, Saul was honored of God. Despite his mistakes, the people of Israel still respected him as king. It was God who made it to be so. At one time, God raised his own son Jonathan to save him the embarrassment of defeat against the Philistines, and his kingdom that could have been ended remained because of Jonathan. Saul could have even rejoiced for what the Lord did in raising David to kill Goliath to save his blushes. Goliath actually sought specifically for Saul that day. When he requested for Israel to send out their champion, he called Israel the servants of Saul. He sought specifically for Saul. It was Saul Goliath was challenging that day. Saul trembled in hiding and dared not go to face Goliath. Had he gone, him and his army would have been defeated. But God raised up David to remove the shame from him. He could have been grateful to David and to God also for the victories. But he chose to be offended with David for his victories. There were other soldiers like him who also could have felt humiliated by David's conquest of Goliath. But no, they didn't see it this way. They were happy as long as Goliath was defeated. And to them, it didn't matter who did it as far as it was done. They were not seeking their personal glory, but the glory of their nation and the glory of God. Saul's mind and the way Saul perceived things was so satanic. He was so consumed with the desire for self-exaltation that he also was consumed with envy for anyone who was being honored that was not him. This was what led Saul down the road he found himself now. Self was his chief desire. He served self and no one else. Not even God was worthy of his service, only self deserved to be served. As it was with Pharaoh, so it was with Saul. God left him to the cruelest of tyrants, self. As we go through the Bible and see God's dealings with men, we see this lesson being repeated again and again. Self is what we most need to fear, for self, our own personal desires and wishes is our worst enemy. To do what self wants is to neglect what God wants, for self is opposed to God. Conflict and Courage read 171 paragraph 3 says, What bondage so terrible as that of him who is given over to the control of the worst tyrants, himself. Trust in God and obedience to his will were the only conditions upon which Saul could be king of Israel. Had he complied with these conditions throughout his reign, his kingdom would have been secure. God would have been his guide, the omnipotent his shield. God had borne long with Saul, and although his rebellion and obstinacy had well nigh silenced the divine voice in the soul, there was still opportunity for repentance. But when in his peril he turned from God to obtain light from a confederate of Satan, he had caught the last tie that bound him to his maker." End of quote. We need to ask ourselves the question, what are the things we do that may leave us in this terrible condition of being a slave to self? I would answer, it is stubbornness. If we stubbornly refuse to be corrected, we will be left to self and self will rule us. This was how it was with Pharaoh and so will it be for all who are stubborn like Pharaoh and like King Saul. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 171, paragraph 2, The Lord never turned away 
a soul that came to him in sincerity and humility. Why did he turn Saul away unanswered? The king had by his own act forfeited the benefits of all methods of inquiring of God. He had rejected the counsel of Samuel the prophet. Are you rejecting the counsel of the people, the men of God, the word of God, the spirit of prophecy that is there to direct you? That is what Saul did. Then he had exiled David the chosen of God. He had slain the priest of the Lord. He had seen the way the spirit of grace and could he be answered by dreams and revelations from the Lord? Saul did not turn to God with humility and repentance. It was not pardon for sin and reconciliation with God that he sought, but deliverance for him from his foes. By his own stubbornness and rebellion, he had cut himself off from God. There could be no return by the way of penitence and contrition. But the proud monarch in his anguish and despair determined to seek help from another source. End of quote. Now, when Saul went to that witch of Endor, he cut himself completely away from God. At this time, he could have humbled himself and still asked forgiveness of God, but he didn't. He couldn't even have relinquished the throne, but he has made himself the be-all and end-all of Israel. So he must go and fight. Now, he knew that if he went to that battle without the Lord, he would be destroyed. If I were in Saul's shoes, I would say, I don't want to be king anymore. Somebody else should come and take the throne. But since Saul saw himself as the be-all and end-all of Israel, let him go and fight. That's what it is. The only person who could have helped him in this battle, he had driven away from him, that is King David, because he did not want to share his glory with anybody. David was annoying him. So, like Cain, he sought to slay him. Saul did not want to make the right sacrifice in order to get the right results. He could have sacrificed some of his glory, but he didn't want to share it. He could have sacrificed his throne, but he didn't want to. He wanted to keep it back to himself. Since he didn't want to make the right and appropriate sacrifice, then the Lord could not accept him, just as Cain, who didn't want to make the right sacrifice, could not be accepted. He wanted everything to himself and was willing to give nothing, so he lost everything. He had made poor decisions in the past and was reaping the results now. He sought God but could not be found of him, so he gave himself over to Satan. Now he wanted God to save his blushes again, but the means by which God was pleased to do that was no longer there. Jonathan, he had annoyed him. David, he had driven him away. God, he had offended him. What will he do? Nothing could be done. All the appointed agencies that God has been pleased to use to save Saul, even in his disobedience, Saul had thrown all of them away because of self, because of his pride, because of his stubbornness. Let us be careful not to be like Saul. Some are so conscious of their own self-glory that they think everything is to be done by themselves. They are leaders who think that they, may, they must be on top of every matter and con the controller of everything. They give no room for someone who is better than them and once there is an employee who is better than them in a certain area, they feel threatened and they say, I cannot work with this person. Perhaps chance may show the employee to have superior skill than themselves. They see it as pride and find a way to get rid of the person. Instead of appreciating the person and harnessing the skills and talents in the people that are under their control, properly directing and coordinating everyone to get the successful result, instead they get absorbed in competition with their own employee. 
such people are sure to lose their best talents and have their business fail because of this. Eventually, they lose sympathizers because everyone can see their injustice and their business crumble like Saul's own. Perhaps all they need to do is apologize to those who they offended and solicit their help. They would rather not do this because of pride. They refuse to, to address the evil that they did to the person or apologize for it, but they may even go to the person and seek for help without even apologizing. Some would rather see their business crumble and their lives taken away than to humble themselves and seek for help from others. David was available. God was near to Saul. All he needed to do was apologize, but pride and stubbornness would not permit him. If he had just said, David, please come and help me, Saul's life would have been completely different. This story wouldn't have ended the way it ended, but pride wouldn't allow him. It would have been too humiliating for the proud king who had said, Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening, that I may be avenged on mine adversaries. Since they were his enemies, then it is he that they were coming for. Pride made him to see every battle as his battle and not the Lord's battle, and he preferred to take credit for all the victories. Man emerged dust contending with God, refusing to apologize to the Almighty. He regarded iniquity in his heart, and God will not hear him. Saul chose to seek another power instead of confess and repent. He chose self above God. We must be wary of self. Human pride is a curse and we should be careful not to allow it come between us and our destiny and the promised blessing God has given and kept in store for us. In these last days, there will be those who will be made to see their error in opposing God and his commandment keeping people. As God's servants cry aloud and spare not, many will see their sins. Are you among them? Maybe the servant of God in one way or the other, or just a disciple or a brother or a sister, has shown you your error. There are those who will be sick because they do not humble themselves in following God's methods of healing. Instead of confessing their sin and backsliding to God, they stubbornly attribute the cause of their sickness to something else, and they do not confess their sin in disobedience to the hell laws. They are then driven to seek the witch of Endor. There will be others who disobey some other law of God and instead of confessing their sins and the cause of their sufferings, some justify themselves and go deeper into sin. There are many who the message of God's law has come to them because they despise it and are suffering on account of that. God is calling for you to confess. Do not go in a way of sin. Better to make it right with God before dying than to go stubbornly on in your sin and still die nevertheless. King Saul was like that. And you may be like that too. Saul received correction. But instead of admitting his fault, he went stubbornly, refusing to admit he was wrong. If we go in that direction, we are putting ourselves against the Lord and eventually we will be lost. Some, like I said, are sick. Instead of admitting that the sickness was self-inflicted, they continue headstrong and they'll say, oh, it was this person that caused it, it's that person, and they go to this prayer house and that prayer house. Look, it is better for us to confess. If Saul had just confessed to the Lord and said, I'm sorry for what I have done, please help me. Or had told David, please, I'm sorry, come and help me in this battle. It would have been a different story. His life would have been spared. But pride, self-exaltation would not let him. Let us be careful not to be this proud and stun away from God. Just simply say, I'm sorry to who you have offended. Do not haunt the lives of those who have corrected you. 
do not go in vengeance against them. Rather, when you see, because Saul was here seeing clearly that he was wrong. When Samuel rebuked him, he refused to admit he was wrong. But every evidence was showing him that he was wrong. Some people are in that situation. Perhaps somebody corrected you. You felt that the person didn't cor- the person was correcting you wrongly. But now you see in your life, you are reaping the, the, the consequences of your wrong course of action. Instead of you to admit, oh, I was really wrong. You heard, you stubbornly and f- stubbornly followed that, that thing you were doing that somebody told you was wrong. You s- insist on doing it just to prove your point that you will not listen to anybody. You are destroying yourself. No other person than yourself. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 tells us, Now, all these things happened unto them for ensembles, and they were written, they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now is an opportunity for us to think, are you reaping the consequences of disobedience where you were corrected and you continue to go in the wrong direction and you are still trying to justify yourself? Are you reaping the consequences, the evil consequences, and yet you are refusing to admit your wrong? The Lord is speaking to you now. Admit your wrong. Confess your sin. Stop doing that thing you were doing. Stop stubbornly following a direction that you know is not going to give you peace just because you want to prove a point. Because that's what Saul was doing. He wanted to prove a point. Instead of apologizing, he wanted to prove a point. And he was destroyed eventually. May the Lord help us not to be like that. May the Lord give us grace that we may receive answers for him when we confess our sins. Because the reason Saul didn't receive an answer is that he was, instead of him to do the needful first, which was to confess his sins and turn away from them, then he can now ask God for protection. There are many today who wouldn't confess. They keep asking God for things. Do the first work. Repent and confess before you ask God for other things that you want from him. May the Lord help us to do all this. It's my prayer. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, please help us not to be stubborn like King Saul. Help us, Lord, that when we are reproved of our error, that we would admit it and confess and repent. Lord, may our human pride go down in the dust. Help us, Lord, not to destroy ourselves in this manner. Have we done things like this in the past? Please forgive us and help us to retrace our steps, to correct ourselves wherein we were wrong and get the benefits of repentance. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.